Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, rocking it solo tonight, following a big double-digit win in San Antonio for your New York Knicks. We'll talk breakout performances for R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, a rock-solid night for Julius Randle, and answer the most important question of all. Who exactly are the 2021-2022 New York Knicks? All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, and we wanted to thank you, as always, for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we're now available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And you know that already if you can see my debatably handsome face. And today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. And who am I, you might ask? I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster by day, podcaster by night. Typically, I would be joined by Alex Wolf, but he is DNP Internet Connectivity Issues, a deadly disease in the Parks and Rec universe. Um, So I am rocking it solo tonight, and what a great night to be by myself because there's a lot to talk about. A 121-109 to victory for the New York Knicks over the San Antonio Spurs. R.J. Barrett coming off literally the worst shooting slump from three-point range in the NBA over the last month. Massive, massive breakout performance, seven of eight from distance. Mitchell Robinson is um, coming back from seemingly having aspects of his lower leg partially amputated. Um, They're back. The legs are back. They're working great. And he had 11 points, 14 boards, three blocks, and two steals. But before we get into all that, I want to... I want to zoom out with you guys, right? I want to go even bigger picture. Let's take a look at the Eastern Conference standings. So as of tonight, your New York Knicks are in 11th place. That is one game out of the play-in. They are half a game back of the Boston Celtics, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are a full game back of the Charlotte Hornets and the Philadelphia 76ers. And they're just a game and a half back of the Washington Wizards and the Miami Heat, meaning the New York Knicks, for all the trials, the tribulations, the the BS, they are a game and a half out of the four seed in the Eastern Conference. Now you can I'm 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 playing a game right now, right? This is this is what we do in in in, in the radio slash podcasting business. We we say some stats and they fit the narrative we want to fit. So let's let's look at the flip side of that, right? The New York Knicks are also Three games out of 13th place in the Eastern Conference, which is not where we were hoping this team that made the four seed last year and clearly upgraded this offseason. That is not where we wanted them to be or where we expected them to be. So in an Eastern Conference, that is the best that it's been maybe since the, the 90s. I don't know. You'd have to you'd have to go pretty far back, right? Um, there is there's a whole lot of competition, and that means everyone is just packed in very, very tightly. There's, there's a lot of claustrophobia right now, right? 
Um, and the Knicks can swing to either end of that that closely packed group. They could they could be upper echelon, they could be bottom tier. Just a couple of games separating them from either way. This is a team that coming into tonight had obviously lost four of their last five. And there were there were a lot of people out there saying, you know, if this if this continues, particularly after that Nuggets game that I, I think all of us would agree was was a low point. Um, if this continues, there's there's a silver lining, and it's that this Knicks team, I mean, has drafted really well the last few years, and you could pivot a little bit. You could throw out lineups that have Emmanuel Quickly, Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, Jericho Sims, right? Maybe maybe not all five of them together, but but elements of, of that summer league team that was so fun to watch. And, and you can pivot towards the future and say, hey, we have a whole lot of picks. Um, Julius is, is a massive trade asset. RJ, presumably part of that group, but if not, he's a massive trade asset. Quickly, Toppin, right deal, massive trade assets. Um, we can, we can sort of, uh, figure, reconfigure this, um, during the off season, but let's just get as high of a pick as possible, right. And accept what this season is, or you can go the other way and say, Hey, this team has a chance to be pretty good when they're at their best. They've only had, I think, what was, what was the stat three games this year where they didn't have a lead in the second half. Let's play this out. Let's, let's give this, this, this new starting group. Uh, which was new again tonight with Nerlens Noel getting the start. We'll, we'll talk about that more later. Um, some time to settle in. And the performances from R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson tonight lend credence to that idea that you can give this group some time to settle in. And the results might be kind of surprising. I, I I think people will, uh, speaking of surprise, I think people will be surprised by this. And the expectation is probably that I'm going to start off talking about R.J. Barrett. But I actually want to start off talking about Mitchell Robinson because I, I will make the argument that what we saw from Mitch tonight is even more significant than what we saw from R.J. tonight. Because Mitchell Robinson has been a shell of his former self, right? A, a lot of people have just said, oh, well, it's the added weight and just the lack of cardio. Like once he gets all that together, he will he will be that dude. Again, and, and what I've seen is, and, and again, I'm not an expert in any of this, so, so maybe don't take my word at it, but I've seen biomechanical issues, right? This is a guy who was, was one of the most explosive people on planet Earth, and now at, at times this season before tonight, looked like he like would, would struggle to get out of a rocking chair, right? I mean, it, it seemed like someone had, like, you know, you know in Revenge of the Sith where, where Palpatine gets the uh, force lightning to the face? It, it seems like someone had just injected a dosage of that into Mitch's legs and they, they had withered away and they were all of a sudden a hundred years old. And he, he just, he struggled. Like it's not even like the jumping. It's just, he, he struggles to start moving at different points. Like all those closeouts on Nikola Vucevic that didn't happen. I mean, I was having a conversation on Twitter today. Um, his lack of explosiveness rolling to the rim. I just, I think he is he is such a swing piece for this Knicks team, right? Because, because all year long, all of us have said more Obi Toppin, more Obi Toppin, and, and look, I'm I'm on board with that. Obi, um, he's the single biggest difference in, in on off rating in terms of the Knicks offensive rating um, when he's on the court or when he's not on the court. And and don't be mistaken, Tom Thibodeau, who who's a lunatic, who is who's, who cares about this probably a hundred times more than you do. Um, he is well aware of that fact, and yet. The reason he doesn't play Obi Toppin is because he knows for his defense to work at any level, and it hasn't been working much this year, 23rd in the NBA net rating. Um, he needs his centers to be rim protectors. He needs them to be fantastic rim protectors. And the reason the Knicks worked last year is because he had centers who were fantastic rim protectors. Mitch, for however many games he played, 35 games or so, he was he was about as good as anyone in the league in that capacity. Nerland's Noel, 
um, led the entire NBA in, in defensive box plus minus. The Knicks were, I think, 26 and 15 when he started last year. There was a reason for that. He, he was fantastic, about as good at event creation defensively as any player in the league. Um, Taj Gibson, uh, about as good of a backup center defensively as you, as you could find, just, just smart, as smart as anything. Um, and, and, and still able to cover ground, still able to create deflections, still able to just be a presence on that end of the floor. And that is why more than anything else, that is why the Knicks worked defensively last year. And then they got everything they needed from Julius Randle and Derrick Rose offensively. And that, that got them to the four seed and, and to a uh, not so great first round series with the Atlanta Hawks. The reason we thought the Knicks could be more this year is because they, they clearly had upgraded the offense and that Mitchell Robinson, in my mind, going into the season was going to be that dude. He was going to take another step forward. He was going to be one of the great defensive presences, presences, def- one of the great defense, pres I, I don't know, um, in, in, in the NBA this season. And instead, we got a massive, massive step backwards. I won't bore you with the stats. We, we went into them quite a bit on yesterday's show. Um, but tonight, he looked like the old Mitchell Robinson, and that changes the New York Knicks, right? And, and just the the sheer intensity that he was playing with, like nearly getting hurt, diving onto the court to try and grab a loose ball. This is a guy who could not be bothered to jog back on defense a game ago against the Denver Nuggets. And I'm sure it, it was the benching is probably a steady dose of, of clockwork orange style film work, seeing, seeing those clips of him jogging back again and again, seeing those clips of him not getting out on Jokic or Vucevic again and again and again. Um, but tonight the dude was an absolute beast. I, I think he got something like seven offensive boards in his first 10 or 11 minutes on the court. That is that is abnormal. There are not a lot of people on planet Earth, I don't care how motivated they are, that can pull that off in an NBA game, regardless of what team they're playing against. And he, he was also, he was, he was scoring the basketball, right? He, he got a fantastic offensive rebound, did his classic wilt layup where he where he just goes straight up with the right arm, like almost vertically over Jakob Pertle. Um, another putback over Pertle, then a putback slam, was carving out great position that led to him drawing a foul. Um had then again had that die for loose ball, didn't get it, and then seemed pissed that he didn't get it, and then just comes back and just swats a Drew Eubank shot on the other end of the floor. Um, a, a second half that was relatively quiet, but in the first seven points, 10 boards, two steals, two blocks, dominance, right? There's no other way to, to phrase it. He, as, as RJ Barrett dominated this game offensively, Mitchell Robinson dominated this game defensively. And as much as the Knicks need RJ Barrett to be good, they need Mitchell Robinson to be good even more so. And tonight, Mitchell Robinson was great and it changed the Knicks lives. Uh, We're going to get into RJ Barrett in just a sec, but first I want to take a very quick break and uh, calm down a little, right? Because I got, I got a little fired up during this opening segment. So when it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. Mental fitness, calm, The number one app for sleep and meditation is teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know what your mind or know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress and perform at your best just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on MBA, for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a calm premium subscription. With calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more like sleep stories and meditations, so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, 
time, our listeners can join LeBron using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on MBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on MBA. That's calm.com slash locked on MBA. Now let's go to Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavored, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw in your jacket, throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. But it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavors. They'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. Want something to cozy up with something warm? Here's the holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. So... Why delay? Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And with that, we are back on Locked on Knicks. Thanks as always for making Locked on Knicks your first listen today. And every day we are once again available on all platforms. All right, guys, let's um, let's talk about RJ Barrett because I, I buried the lead to some extent. I wanted to get cute. I wanted to talk about Mitch first. I wanted to Wanted to shock you guys a little bit, but RJ Barrett, man, what a night! We again, you can you can tune into yesterday's show, um, but we 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 already kind of outlined all the statistics of where RJ has has struggled so much this season. So I won't I won't torture you by going all, all over it again. But suffice it to say, for the last month, RJ Barrett was the worst three point shooter in the NBA, one of the worst shooters in the NBA, period. Uh, tonight, that was not a problem. He made his first five from distance, finished seven for eight, and it just, it looked cathartic. I mean, we got an explanation after the game. RJ said he has been, he's been dealing with a stomach bug for the last month. Um, read into that what you will. We, we know he was very, very sick against the Brooklyn Nets and, and could not finish that game. Um, obviously this is the first we're hearing about him being sick for the last month, but it's something that Tibbs, Tibbs has made reference to a number of times. So, uh, we'll take him at his word and, and hope, hope that is exactly what has happened because if this is the rj barrett we're going to get going forward and and i i genuinely believe there was something really off with him the last month because he on top of the shooting he, he's looked like lethargic right he's, he's not looked like his normal self he's not looked anything like the guy we saw over those five straight 20 point games earlier in the year so it, it makes sense that there was something going on there and this rj barrett transforms the knicks lives and granted he's not going to go seven for eight from three tonight but it wasn't just that it, it, was, it was the passing like he, he had a gem like a, a cross-court bullet to alec burks in the opposite corner um for a three ball that was that was just uh that, that got me going right because I, I love rj barrett the playmaker and i think when he's hitting threes that gets that gets every other element of his game um it, it, it invigorates it it allows him to get to the rim it, it it opens up lanes when defenses converge on him for him to be the passer that we know he can be. And I think it'll over time, like, especially like, again, coming off this illness, like as he gets back in a better shape, gets stronger. Like, I think we'll see more from him as a cutter. I think we'll see more from him around the basket. And, and if you want to flip this and, and look at the negative, which I, I guess I, I, I do quite a bit, 
Um, he was only four for 12 from two point range in this game. And to me, that is, that is my overwhelming concern. When I look at the the path forward to, to stardom for RJ Barrett, this is something we're going to touch on a little bit later in regards to Emmanuel quickly. But when I look at like, if RJ Barrett is a all-star one day, what had to happen? And, and to me, what had to happen is he had to become I mean, not just a, a good three-point shooter. He had to become a an excellent finisher around the rim because the story of RJ's career is he's amazing at getting to the rim, not so great at finishing once he gets there. Early in the season, it seemed like that was flipping. He, he was really efficient around the basket. He looked to he looked to just have a little extra juice, a little extra strength around the rim. And, and, and again, if he was sick, it makes sense that that fell off, but it fell off in a really terrible way. And he went back to sort of who he's been his whole NBA career, which is someone who, I mean, improved his sophomore year, certainly, but just flat out not necessarily great in that capacity. And that is something that, I mean, it, there's, there's a question to just how much you can improve your touch. Um, like once, once you're already into your twenties. Um, but I, I think we can all, we can all say with confidence that, that there's not a lot of people on planet earth that are going to work harder, um, at improving that than RJ Barrett. And tonight was just, I mean, it was catharsis, right? And that's, that's all we, that's all he needed for now. We just needed one night and in more, more importantly than, than any of us, RJ needed one night to, to tell himself that he he can do this and that all the work he's presumably putting in behind the scenes, especially as he gets healthier, um, is is paying off and will continue to pay off. So I think I think this was this was really significant. Uh, Julius Randall, right? Um, you look at the box score and you you kind of go, not really not really what we're paying this dude a hundred plus million dollars for, right? Thirty five minutes. 15 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, just five of 12 from the field was three for five from three. Again, you look at that, you think mediocre. Um, I would say you're wrong. I think he did exactly what he did, what he needed to do for the Knicks to win this game. And, and granted, look, when the Knicks are playing the, the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta, um, maybe not the Atlanta Hawks, but maybe the Atlanta Hawks, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Denver Nuggets, like all, all the best teams in basketball, they're going to need a little bit more from Julius. But when they're playing um, a, a depleted Spurs team, that's just eight and coming in was just eight and 14 on the year. And you have RJ Barrett shooting like he did. You have Mitchell Robinson dominating around the rim. Like he did. You have, you've um, guys like Alec Burks having really good nights. You have Derek Rose and Emmanuel quickly having their moments. And this is all you need from Julius Randall, right? Especially with Kemba Walker out of the rotation. He, he was point Randall tonight. He was, I don't even want to call him point Randall. He was LeBron Randall tonight because he, he was, he was, again, it's what we always talk about. He was, he was the orchestrator um, in the high post behind the arc. Wherever he, wherever he got the basketball, he was the orchestrator. He was calm. He was patient. He waited out double teams, and then he picked guys out. And these weren't like mind-bending Magic Johnson-type passes. They were just the simple play over and over and over again. And, and he combines that with bringing some pace, which for as 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 negative as it'd been on him defensively the last few games, and there, I mean, especially against Denver, there were there were some really, really egregious moments that just should not be happening. At this point in the season, with all, all the vitriol thrown his way, you, you think he'd be running back in transition. Offensively, he has brought the energy and he has he's brought brought some pace of play, which the Knicks desperately need because this is a team that, as we noted yesterday, struggles in transition and struggles in the half court. I think because there's, there's a lack of urgency, and then once once the defense is fully settled, there's just not quite as much talent as we thought because Kemba Walker is no longer Kemba Walker, and Evan Fournier um, is is extremely inconsistent to, to put it, um, in, in, in the most generous terms. Um, they need Randall to, to bring some verve and bring some life and, and, and just create in, in the simplest way possible. And, and sometimes that's by going fast. Sometimes that's a drive and kick. Like he had to Emmanuel quickly for three. Sometimes that's a post up and then waiting for a double and then 
throwing it cross court to RJ Barrett for an opposite wing three. And then sometimes for Randall, and, and this was like at points, like even on these nights where you don't need him to be Superman, he has to have, well, you don't need him to be Superman the whole game. He has to have stretches where he's Superman. And, and he brought that like back to back sidestep threes in the third quarter um, when the Knicks were, were hurting for some offense. Um, a baseline drive and, and like a beautiful like reverse dish to Nerlens Noel for a layup. Um, and then towards the end of the game, back-to-back fadeaways when the Spurs cut it back to 10, it was 109-99, hit two in a row. And and that's the combination you need. Solid playmaking. And then when the going gets tough, can he, can he find a way to um, to hit big shots? And and we got we got that combination from Julius Randle. So I thought a very, a very contained game, a very disciplined game from Julius. He did exactly what he needed to do. And I would love to continue to see more of that from Julius Randle. So we, we're going to bounce around, obviously. Still a lot more players to cover. I got two questions from you guys on Twitter I want to get to real quick. Um, but first, I have to tell all of you about Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues, the march to the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this year. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. So from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game Starts. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. We're going to go rapid fire um, and, and touch on um, all the remaining Knicks. So let's start with uh, the duo of Derek Rose and Emmanuel quickly, because neither of them shot exceptionally well. Rose was four for 11, quickly was five for 12, more importantly, just two for eight from three. But they found ways to contribute, uh, different ways to contribute. For Rose, it was making big shots and big moments. The Knicks were struggling offensively to start this game. They only had 13 points over the first nine or so minutes. Rose comes in. Um, I think he got, he got at least one layup. Maybe it was back-to-back layups, but he seemed to invigorate the Knicks a little bit with the pace that he brought. Hit a really big three late in the second half. Um, he just, he, he finds ways to contribute even when he is, is I mean, I, I think we, it's been a little while since we've, we've had a great Derek Rose game and I'm, I'm hoping he turns the corner soon. Uh, but still makes a positive impact. Emmanuel quickly, similar story. Two for eight from three, gross. Makes you want to throw up. Just one, one of those nights where he, he was not on. Um, three for four from two-point range, four for four from the charity stripe, and doing so in different ways than he was capable of doing last year. Remember last season when quickly was great? It's because he was he was doing three things. He was hitting threes, he his floater was working, and he was sort of like he, he was conniving his way, for lack of a better term. That's the term I can use, um, to get to the free throw line. And the NBA has by and large outlawed the methodology he used to get to the foul line last season. The threes won't be there every night. The floater, I mean, it was just it was just an insane stretch for him on the floater, right? I don't know if he'll ever have another stretch like that in his career, even if that's still a tool in his arsenal. So what does Emmanuel quickly do? He pivots. He he gets out in transition, gets into the body of a big, draws a foul, and gets to the line that way. Which, which is just something like last year, I don't think I ever said on a podcast that he he sought out contact in transition. I don't even think I ever talked about him in transition outside of hitting pull-up threes because that was really all he did a year ago. Um, still has still has the three-pointer in his background. Only made two of them, but had a nasty one around a Mitchell Robinson screen early in this game. And then the play, play of the game from him, right? Um, one-on-one with Doug McDermott, who not a great defender, but has about five inches on him. Shot clock dwindling down, quickly takes him, reverse pivot, spin, fade away, free throw line jumper um, to beat the shot clock 
And I, I was, my, my jaw dropped because this is, this is a guy a year ago, maybe stupidly we were saying, is he ever going to develop a mid range game? I feel like his shot is a little bit too elongated. Um, maybe, maybe that's just something that's always really difficult for him. And, and because of that, and because of the fact that he couldn't get all the way to the rim, you're sort of questioning like, all right, is he ever going to be a three level score? Because last year he was, he was like a one and a half level score. He had the three and he had the floater. He had, he had a little bit of the in-between game. Now, um, he's, he looks like a legit three-level scorer. And like, look, the mid-range still isn't coming on volume for him to be a star. I think that will ultimately have to be a staple of his game. And he's going to have to develop a little bit of that Chris Paul-like ability to always be able to get that shot off. And that's hard for him because, again, the release is slow. It's not like Chris Paul where it's over his head. It, it's it's slow and it, it's a little bit low. But I, I I see how he compensates for it. And that's with fantastic footwork. That's, that's with the ability to, again, to hit it fading away from the basket. Um, to hit it at weird angles, to throw it up a little bit before you expect him to, to use his handle to create room in different ways. He he is a survivor, Emmanuel quickly. Let's just frame it like that, right? Because he he like you, you take away one thing, he finds another option. And right now, because he's still young, um, his options are are still somewhat limited. As he give him three more off seasons, and this guy, this guy will have a bag on par with all the best, maybe not all the best scorers on planet Earth, but some of the best, let's say, can I say all the like all the best bench scorers on planet earth. I almost think he's already there, but he he's going to be special. I will, I will leave it at that on a manual quickly. Other standouts, Nerland's Noel. Yeah. I'm just going to skip Nerland's Noel. He didn't really, he didn't really do much for me tonight. I did have five offensive rebounds. That was good. Alec Burks, um, 18 points, five assists, four boards, 36 minutes. Just another, another day at the office for Alec Burks, right? Solid, solid effort. Filled in all the gaps. It was the beneficiary of a, of a lot of good passing in terms of shooting the ball. But I just want to throw out there, one of the best shooters off of screens I think I've ever seen on the Knicks. And granted, it hasn't been a great 20 years for me watching the Knicks. But he just gets into such a good rhythm when he's dribbling um, around a screen. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, and and then just just has that that gorgeous wrist flick on his jump shot, right? It, it is. I say it every time. I'll continue to say it. Oh, like savor every single Alec Burks jumper you get to watch. Um, and, and, and just enjoy like the guy is the guy's a technician, right? It's so clear that he spent high school and college dribbling around screens and shooting thousands and thousands and thousands of jumpers. And they all, they all pay off in him just being an absolute assassin and a guy, I mean, the unsung hero of this next season so far, I will, I will continue to reiterate that, um, as long as he continues to play like he has been. All right, uh, where else do we want to go? Obi Toppin, four for six, eight points, 13 minutes, plus eight. I mean, the plus eight is typical for him. Relatively quiet night. Uh, did have one really nice play where he got an early seal and transition and quickly just um, as he's wont to do. I think Tom Piccolo like noted this on Twitter. Like He just, he just put the ball over the top and, and got quickly, or excuse me, got Obi um, an, easy, an easy reverse dunk. So it was a great play for quickly, but for Obi, like, I never want to, I mean, just like I'm talking about appreciating Burks, like I never want to take the effortless athleticism for granted. A guy who can just catch and and off two feet go up for a reverse dunk like it's nothing, that is not normal. And that is why he is currently one of the most uh, efficient bench scorers in the entire league um, and 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 the, far and away the Knicks' most efficient offensive option this year. So uh, shout out, shout out to Obi. As always, uh, who else? Who Who am I missing here? Evan Fournier, man, uh, forgettable night for him. Three for eight, one for six from three. Had a disastrous uh, defensive play in the first quarter. There were probably a bunch of them I missed, or or maybe I I, um, I mind wiped myself to uh, forget about. But he just let uh, Derek White just kind of stroll right by him, almost as if he was like, 
that's not my man, but it was, it was his man. Um, did have a nice sequence in the second half where he hit a three then hit a long fadeaway. Uh, that was, that was cool. But that, that is all I have on Evan Fournier. Um, and then Quentin Grimes, uh, according to box played zero minutes, but still finished with a minus three. That is because he got in, in the final minute. Um, not a full minute, the, the final, I should say the closing seconds of the opening quarter and Doug McDermott hit a fall away, fade away three in his face. And, um, I feel like Tibbs in his mind, he was like, that's on you, Grimes. You, you should have, you should have blocked that one. Uh, you're, you're going to sit and you're going to think about what you did for the rest of this game. Um, uh, but he, he will have a role in this team at some point this year that I am pretty confident in saying, all right, we, we actually got two questions from you guys on Twitter. So I'm going to get to those real quick. Uh, the first one comes from Relo one K at Relo one K. Do you think Tibbs will actually play Alec Burks at point for the entire rest of the season? I'm going to, I'm going to cheat. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say sort of, which is, which is a bit of a cop out, but hear me out on this. I think Burks will start for the rest of the season, pending Emmanuel quickly going absolutely crazy for some stretch, which is, which is somewhat plausible because I think he loves Derek Rose coming off the bench. Rightfully, we, we've seen that is the best thing for the Knicks. That is the best thing for Derek Rose. Do not, do not mess with that. Whatever you do. Um, the reason I say sort of though, is because I think defensively he will be the one guarding point guards offensively, I think Julius Randle will be filling out more of the point guard duties. And Randle is is so clearly the hub of this offense. He's the guy bringing up the, the ball up the court a, a decent amount the last couple of games, brings some pace when he brings the ball up the court. Um, and I just, I don't think Burks at his heart is, is not is not a point guard. He will be guarding point guards. He's not really a point guard offensively. Uh, the other question we got is from the great Jerry Vade, longtime contributor at Vade Jerry on Twitter. He said, is RJ shooting going to be consistent enough for Tibbs to count on for the remainder of the season? Um, I will say yes. I don't think it'll be what it was tonight, but I think he is a guy who, as we saw last year, over a large enough sample size, I mean, last year settled at 40%. I think for his career, he's going to settle as right around a 36% three-point shooter. And that that is enough to count on because the rest of his game, I mean, if, as long as he continues to fill it out. And I think, I think again, given the new information we had about him being sick for the last month, gives you some sense of optimism that he can be who he was earlier in the season or closer to that like when he had that stretch of five straight 20 point games, he can be that guy a little bit more consistently. And if he is that guy, um, all you need is average to above average three point shooting. And I think RJ Barrett, because he will put in the work is more than capable of that. But that is it for this episode of locked on Knicks. We so appreciate you tuning in as always. I so appreciate you tuning in as always, please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. Here's the great thing about um, subscribing to us on YouTube or on any podcast platform. Uh, you can get true bill and they will not, they will not wipe away that subscription because you do not have to pay for it. It is totally free and you are just helping us out and doing us a big favor. So if you enjoy the podcast, please take a second and go and subscribe on YouTube. Anyways, that is it for me, but you'll hear from me pretty soon. Uh, less than 24 hours uh, talking about hopefully another win over the Indiana Pacers uh, back with Alex. Um, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. But until next time, be good 